here we are bottom of the smash mountain i would like to thank all my patrons over at patreon.com slash bsm pod for continuing to support me in what i'm doing special shout outs to my senior producers my parents my mom and dad love y'all as well as ventus official and you know i normally don't give personal shout outs to the the, the, the junior producers of the show, but there are a bunch of you. Thank you so much for continuing to support me, specifically the junior producers, you being one of them. Marco, thank you so much for, tu- for, for not only tuning in, that's what I wanted to say, but also for supporting me a little bit. It's so helpful. It goes a long way and helps me travel to events. And I also wanted to thank you for joining me and Jake up at Big House. And now you're here on the program, on the the normal recording setting. I'm just very happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's a huge honor. I'm a huge fan of the pod. I've been listening to it since May. So, yeah, please, uh, <laughs> however I can help and whatever you need me to do, for sure. Well, need is, is a strong word. I, I try very hard to put it more in the relaxed sense when I'm doing the podcast, I think to myself, if anybody wants to join, it's like a cool, casual thing. I don't have a big agenda of really we're sharing stories. We're sharing why Smash Melee in particular is so important to us. And it goes where it goes after that. I think what's really cool, most Melee podcasts do have that more relaxed angle in the first place. I don't think any of us are trying super hard to put out pundit takes or get angry at each other to drive engagement unless you count. I mean... I guess maybe one of these days Wheat will truly lose his temper with Edwin Budding on Melee stats, but I don't think that's going to happen for a long, long time. They're such good friends, <laughs> even if they like to, even if they like to butt heads a little bit. It's not, it's not on the level of these some of these sports shows, which I don't know how much you care about sports. I follow the Eagles closely because I'm a big Eagles fan, and it's tough to hear this stuff, and so I actually stay away from most of it. I really only try to find people who are talking in a more measured way. So my thing with what I'm doing is relax. It's not, it's not have to be a big deal kind of a thing. Um, that's that's the that's more or less what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and I think it come. I think it really does come across, especially whenever you talk about your family. Like it's not always just smash. Like I feel like you inject a good amount of Jesse into your content, and I think that that's what really makes not only your show relatable but really endearing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm hoping that you, the guests, can be also have have your personality and some of what makes you Marco and Oates and the major zine part of the this particular <laughs> episode as well. I do want to ask you about major zine. It seemed to be something, I mean, it's been going on for a while. It kind of got revived with the pandemic, but you were around for more than I give you credit for. You've been around for a long, long time in the Melee scene. So what is something specific in the beginning that is not around anymore right now? It doesn't have to be related to social media or or, or play style if you don't want to go there. You could just name anything that comes to mind that's not around now, but was when you first got into Smash. Um, I think... I really have to think about this because there's so many things within Smash that just kind of come and go. There it be, um, there it be like events, whether it be content, um, content creators, uh, really cool players that you know change the game. Um, <laughs> like something that I kind of um, that I really miss was Last Talk Legends. I miss Prague specifically. Like I I loved Prague's presence across all Smash content. Um, 
do yeah that's like a huge thing <laughs> i mean like those are the two things that kind of just jump out at me right now um i think i think well like although a lot of things have kind of come and gone i think a lot of things have stayed the same and the best things have stayed the same like in san diego specifically we still have folks that kind of go to locals house locals and then they go out for food afterwards and they really hang out there's still that kind of like competitive spirit, that friendliness, but there's also just that drive and depending on the individual, improve themselves, which is always great. Um, and that waxes and wanes depending on like where you are, where you're at in life. So um, yeah, there's a, it's it's crazy. A lot has changed, but it's all, a lot has really, really stayed the same. So I'd probably just say like something that's not around anymore are really just kind of like, um, uh, one person in particular that I think about all the time, and then content from Last Talk Legends, and then, oh, um, I don't know if you've ever, okay, so how familiar are you with like um, tournament uh, tracking software or tournament like recording software? Not familiar. I mean, I know that there was Challenge before Smash GG, now Star GG became a thing, but I wouldn't even know what was used before that other than pencil and paper. Okay, so cool. This is this is something that's not around that I can actually talk about that you you might find interesting. So in the old in the old days, um, there used to be an ice climber's main from SoCal that went by Neil DT, and he was a software developer, software engineer, and he developed the first, as far as I know, the first tournament software, like bracket software, that that was used across a bunch of different fighting games, but primarily Smash Melee, and um, it was called I think Tia, or like the early version was Tia, which is some acronym for like tournament whatever but the really cool thing about that piece of software is like again you could do a lot of the things that you could do today and start gg which is you know you track the winners the names you can have some sort of like really basic seating and then some kind of like a uh, way to group folks by general skill level but um you can export i believe they were xml files and then with those xml files you can upload them to a site this was like the site was, I believe, Tia, but it eventually became All is Brawl. And the software that like you would have on your local computer was called Tio, T-I-O. So, um, but yeah, I, I do miss All is Brawl. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to say that because like All is Brawl was like a, one of those like web 1.0, 1.5 like social media sites where depending on the, like, the actual tournament brackets that you uploaded and your wins and how you did and how many events you went to, your profile and All is Brawl could earn badges. Like you could have like a wall similar to like a, like a Facebook wall or like a MySpace wall where you can kind of have like people comment on it and you can just kind of like send messages back and forth and you can form like clubs and groups. Like, yeah, actually miss that type of grassroots social media stuff. And I mean, it's all like across a bunch of different sites now. And I think Discord kind of handles that too. But, I mean, yeah, that's something that I miss. I love that you named something besides Smashboards, which of course also has a lot of history within the original I'd say 10 years at least of Melee's history and Brawl as well when that was around in its peak after it came out in 2000 and uh, 2008, not 2009. I always get those two mixed up. I got the game. I got Brawl in 2009. I had to wait until 2009 because that was the first year I had a job and the first thing that I bought because I was a wee young person. I already had Melee. I didn't understand that Brawl was going to be bad. I followed it along and I bought it and I was so excited to have Raw. It was the latest Smash game. 
I didn't know yet, but it is a fun game, casually speaking. All is Brawl, I had heard about, and I never went on to it because I never really went on to Smashboards either. I didn't, I always felt like this is, this is confusing, kind of a, kind of a vibe. I just like staying on YouTube and watching Smash content on there. That was more of, more of my speed. So with All is Brawl tying in with Tia, Tio, XML files, it sounds like an, a more sophisticated version of those old results threads that we've created on Smashboards where it's like listed one, Mango, two, Armada, three, PPND, and, and going down the line. That's really cool to hear that there was actually something put into the scene prior to people using Challenge and then Smash GG, because that was like 2015 at the very earliest, as I, as I think about its history. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I, I can't really think about like the earliest time or the earliest year that I saw Challenge, but the um, All Is Brawl came before that, and there was All Is Fighter, which was a spinoff that did the same thing, but for like fighting games, and then so on and so forth. So like, yeah, it's not it's not just someone had the genius idea of making Challenge. It's like an iteration. Like people saw what worked before, whether it be like like the results thread that you're talking about, or like pencil and paper, and they said, you know what, there has to be a better way, and. I'm sure StarGG will, you know, continue to improve and something will come out just from there. Yes, we we all definitely hope that StarGG continues to improve. I always feel bad before those big tournaments come up. It's usually somebody like Nathan Sandwich, somebody like Wheat, somebody like <laughs> Sheridan, who all talk about, oh, StarGG was, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, no wonder I see big people like Ludwig starting to do invitationals, huh? Not having to deal with 900 person brackets to see it and go through. <laughs> yeah yeah the and not just like the seating because i guess you're like the invitational model is like really exciting too because you can kind of just force a lot of the matchups and a lot of the more entertaining sets that you that you know people really really want to see and you also can kind of pick and choose and say like you know um players that are like hidden bosses or quote-unquote hidden bosses that local legends like know about or like you know people that kind of go to their their regional tournaments they know about these folks and then if they're able to if they if they can't get past like you know some some person that they usually play like once a month and you never really see them at the national stage so like i think invitationals allow for those folks to have like an opportunity to like really present themselves and make a case for their gameplay yeah we're hoping for people like Raikin and engen to make a statement with the scuff world tour which i heard last night is actually just going to be a double elimination bracket it's a one-day event so they don't have time to do pools which i think could be really really exciting who's gonna you have to just start out hot against a top 20 level <laughs> player in winners so do, do you have the gumption I, i'm sure it's all best of five at the very least oh Oh, could you imagine if they not only didn't do pools, went straight into the final bracket, and did best of three until top eight? You know, I would actually make that's me actually, really... That's actually kind of cutthroat, yeah. <laughs> it's super cutthroat, and people would be very upset, but I would be on the edge of my seat. What I really like about... So in the modern advancement world, aside from Slippy Ranked dropping this week, I also think about some recent tournaments like Mainstage using a quad stream, because one of the things that you'll hear... I know the Melee stats people love this. It's when you get to go to an in-person event and you get to see top 64 matches where up-and-coming players are all going against each other. The top 100 player level players going against each other in best of five sets, but nobody ever sees it. You see a top 50 player going against somebody like Hungrybox in a top 64 stream. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, 
because I get, well, no, see, what this is what I'm saying. Albert upset Hungrybox at Low Tide City 7, no, Low Tier City 7 back in 2019, and that wasn't even streamed. But the quad stream kind of gives you the opportunity to potentially have more of those matches streamed. You've been to so many tournaments, Oats, so I'm curious on your perspective. Well, you could talk about the quad stream as much as you like, whether you like it or dislike it, but I'm also interested in hearing what tournament experiences you can recall where you thought overall everything was addressed really well, or if you don't even care about that, it's let me talk to you, Jetsy, about my favorite local that nobody's ever heard of in somebody's house. And that's where things were, were the most well run. That's what I want to talk about. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think that there's a tournament in the world that is like perfectly well run. Like there mm. is, I feel like every single tournament has some kind of, some kind of mistake, some kind of hitch in the, like in the machine or something that just kind of like makes everything go haywire. And, um, but I, to the, to the credit RTO, like, yeah, to, to basically shout out RTOs and the people that really run these events. I mean, it's not, it's not their fault that these things go wrong. It's not their fault that these things go bad. Anything can possibly happen. It's their adaptability and it's their way to kind of just um, roll with the punches, whatever like the, I guess you can say logistical punches are, and then just present something really, really awesome. So like the audience is still having a blast and, you know, people that are in person are still having a blast. Um, as far as like in-person events that I feel like people don't really talk about or that should pay attention to or that like are really, really well run, um, I would possibly give a shout out to... I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say like the Salty Spittoon, which happens every single week. Um, it's on its like 40th plus, I think, iteration. Like it's been around for less than a year and it's already at 40 like events. It's just been nonstop and there's only been like a break, a two week break sometime in the summer. Um, so that's really, that's a fun event for people just to get like high level play because you have people like Kadoran that are now streaming it. So you have people like Kadoran, people like Steve, people like Sue uh, that are great in SoCal. And then you also have just like, hitters like Khalid. Um, I was about to list a lot of local names. Um, so no worries. Like from Khalid, uh, Snake, <laughs> Mimsy. And yeah, so these are people that like, I kind of just, I, I again, if you can run a house tournament and you can have just like a bracket that just runs smoothly, I think you're succeeding. And if you have a stream on top of that where people are just kind of like, you know, and just enjoying themselves and having a blast you're 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 already doing the extra credit like <laughs> um yeah i forgot the rest of your question because i just kind of keyed in on the like the last part wherever it was like, yeah local no worries. events or hidden events yeah what was the first part again i was talking about modern tournament running practices i think we've seen i mean the quad stream being one of the wrinkles this year i also think there has been a bigger push to make best of five start sooner than ever because mm. everybody, of course, collectively that voice grows louder and louder and louder over time. And you go, well, if the tournament organizers have been doing this for such a long time, can't they just figure out how to do this by now? And, and also it has to do, here's the other thing. It has to do with when do you play singles? Do you do all of singles on Saturday, mm. grind it down to top eight or top 16 if so, then you're going to have a hard time doing best of fives earlier because there's only so much you could do in one day, which is why some events have been starting to do singles on Friday. Do your pools get to the point where you're in entering top 64 of the bracket, then you stop and you play the next day. And then there are people who have to 
do their whole run on Saturday. But the, the point is, is that if you do some of the pools, some of the early matches on Friday, you have more time on Saturday to begin best of five sooner, that kind of thing. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on what the current tournament landscape is like, because you go to enough events. I'm, I'm always interested in hearing, not just from the competitors, because I feel like we hear from them plenty, and you would be one, I know, but I'm I'm talking about you being the kind of person who's not necessarily going, yes, I do indeed want to be the best player in the world, like right now, and I'm super competitive. I don't, <laughs> I don't see you that way, uh, Marco, so you tell me. <laughs> what? What? I've, I thought I projected that I want to be the best player at all times. Like, what? I'm failing. I'm failing with my brand. I'm failing in how I present myself. If that's, no, what? <laughs> yeah, so um, how I feel about the wrinkles, um, Again, okay, so, because you mentioned it twice now, I feel like I can talk about it at the very least. So, like, the quad stream, right? Um, I think it's a blast. Like, I <laughs> I think more Smash content, varied forms of Smash content, it's all good. Like, there is nothing, there's nothing bad I can say about it, unless, I, like, I'm really looking for, you know, like, waffles or, like, fish um, or, like, a toe scar, just kind of, like, commenting on a singles match and just kind of really doing a deep dive. But I, I think we've progressed, at least, I shouldn't say as a scene, I think I've progressed as a viewer where like because of my quest to be the best player in the world, I already know everything. And all I want to hear is people just kind of just talking smack and enjoying themselves and having a blast. Cause now I feel like I'm part of like a family and I'm hanging out with them. Um, that was a joke, by the way, I don't know mm. anything at all. The, <laughs> so yeah, quad streams are great. Um, and yeah, it could be distracting to kind of jump between the different streams, but it's, it's, I mean, it could also be distracting to play doubles with like an ice climbers and a puff and then like two foxes. So it's you, you kind of pick up on these things over time as a Smash player. Now you're talking about the second part of that was like what in-person experience and what do I think about it and like how we prioritize whether or not we're scheduling singles on the first day versus the second day and just kind of how that's changed over time or yeah, yeah. kind of like where you were getting at. Yeah. Um, so I'm because of major. <laughs> I, I think I've already kind of shown my hand into what I prioritize when it comes to like tournaments and that's just like the average tourney goer like I want for that per I mean sure, cater to your top players make sure that they're safe make sure that they have all that they need in order to you know, perform at their best and just yeah serve them too but um, I think the priority is always on that Owen tour like you should always be kind of just reaching out to them and making sure that they have the best time possible and I mean if you have time for best of to fives early on why not like that's just that's just more bang for your buck if you're like a tourney goer right and um any sort of just making it easier for the people that attend whether they're playing or viewing is like that's the priority you want this to be a great time whether regardless of you're winning or losing you want people to kind of walk away with a smile and have a great memory and be able to kind of just share these moments with people that they would have never met in any other context so um and now just singles on friday versus throughout the weekend or top 64 or whatever let me ask you this jesse okay so like we have you ever prepared or trained for like um like a marathon or like some kind of crazy like all day physical event no i have not um do you have like have you ever done sports like either in high school or like after high school or uh yes i have done yeah mm-hmm <laughs> well, tell me a little bit. Like, what what have you done with sports? Like, what's what's your history with that? I love playing ultimate frisbee and pickup football. I prefer to hand touch, but I've done tackle before. It's fun, and 
yeah, I mean, the preparation for that mostly involves me thinking to myself the night before, I should drink some water, but it's also 10 o'clock at night, so there's not really much of a point because I'll be peeing all night and drinking a bunch of water in the morning sounds like a good idea until I start running around a few hours later and I feel all that water in my gut and I go, this was a bad idea. So it's more or less <laughs> me going, I should have thought about this more than just 12 hours prior to running around for two hours. But I, I yeah, I, I don't think I've had an all day thing at the most four hours of playing pickup fris ultimate Frisbee or football. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think it's easy to kind of overlook how much demand there is on the body and the mind um, when it comes to kind of playing these games at like a really high competitive level. So, I mean, I, I would say that um, similar to like, I think, I think your experience, by the way, with like when it came to sports and either pick up football or ultimate Frisbee, it's like, it's a very common one. Like you, people don't usually stay doing the same activity for more than four hours. And if they do, they're, they're maybe insane or degenerates. And that's, that's awesome. <laughs> like the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like if we were to kind of cram so much to kind of worry about on any given day in a weekend, like you have to finish your pools matches. And then like at this time you have to be here and then do the rest of your bracket run. Like, that just sounds miserable. And I would imagine that it's very, very demanding and taxing on the people that want to actually do well and that are already kind of forcing themselves to to train, to prepare, to kind of limit how much fun they're enjoying themselves. So um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of <laughs> of TOs playing the role of like, like coach slash parent slash whatever you want to call that role and just saying like, here are your boundaries for like, okay, this is the day to worry about pools. Four, four hours here, then just, you know, do whatever you want. And this is your day to worry about your bracket run four hours here, then do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of just cutting it up and making it digestible for the average person. Yes, I really like that as well. I think when I went to Big House, I <coughs> discovered that being around for all of all of the Smash 64 stuff in the in the morning was was wearing on me mostly just because I hadn't slept well the past couple of nights leading up to that. I was nervous for the event, so I didn't sleep well on Thursday night uh, going up to there. Sorry, we went up on Thursday night. What I was saying, I didn't sleep well on Wednesday night. I didn't sleep well on Thursday night. I didn't sleep well on Friday night. So by Saturday morning, I was saying to myself, oh my gosh, I'm still going to be here for another 24 hours. And... Yeah. And yeah, I had to be there for Smash 64, and we did we did round robin pools because there was small enough of a bracket. We were able to do round robin pools, and that just yeah that that I by the time I was done with that, I thought, do I not like Smash right now? <laughs> no, but I do, I do. I finally got to play someone who was my skill level. That was what was wearing on me. I didn't get a chance to warm up, so my warm up also was botched because it was on the stream setup, which was deliberately laggy. I don't care what the guy next to me was saying. I felt a lag. I was showing. I was like, I swear to you, there's a lag. And he's like, I don't really feel it. I don't know. Must play a lot more 64 <laughs> on stream setups than me. That's not a normal habit of mine. So yeah, I got owned. So I, I know what you're getting at. It's the idea that if you spend 12 plus hours needing to be here and there all the way through with little to no rest, it is so demanding if you can divide it into two days instead of it being just one day specifically to grind out 900 people down to 16 or eight for Sunday, then it really, really helps everybody who's going to be going far into that bracket for everybody else. If you're like me, I was out of the melee bracket on Friday afternoon. I was completely done 
other than the 64 bracket that I was going to do on Saturday morning. But I knew that I had so much things. I had a lot of things to do. I had a lot of people that I got to meet and hang out with you, of course, among other people. So I think if you find yourself in that scenario where you have your pools on Friday at Genesis 9 and you go Mm. 0-2 or 2-2, you don't make it out of pools, you're done for the whole weekend and it's Friday afternoon and you go... Now what? Possible scenario, by the way, this is never going to happen, right? Like I'm going to make it to like top eight. You're going to make it to top eight, Marco. You're going to shock the world. <laughs> this is JMOOC 2.0. <laughs> because you play Continue, Sheik, I'm right? I'm sorry for interrupting. Um, yeah, I do play, mm-hmm. I yep. play, play the ninja. Yes, you're going to master the tech chase between now and then. And when I say master, I'm not... Obviously, you're already like 90%. You're going to be 98% for tech chases that weekend. <laughs> I mean... Talk about somebody who could play out of their mind for one weekend and shock the world. But then JMU did something even more impressive, which was backing it up the whole year. So anyway, I think that you if you if you're tempted to go now what, you gotta push that out of your mind as much as you can. For somebody like me, that's tempting to go now what, but just to go walk around and start talking to people. Hard to do. Believe me, it's hard for me to do. But it's very, very fun once you start breaking the ice there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're basically asking me like, what would I do in that situation? Like, if I were to go zero and two and I'm out on Friday, and like, what do I do with the rest of my weekend? That's not like sitting down and watching finals or anything like that. <laughs> well, you can I talk about what you like to do, of course, because we're going to talk about it with Major Zine, and we can incorporate that right now. No, I was talking about how 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 the tournament experience has been this year in 2022. Your thoughts on what has changed for the better or worse over the years. That's kind of been what I've been trying to drive at without directly cueing you into it, because I want you to talk about, you know, what you want to talk about too. Fair. Um, So like if I were to take major out of the equation, um, I think a big part of what I would do at Genesis, if I'm like already out, um, is like, I wouldn't stay at Genesis. <laughs> like, so what I've done in the past, what I've done at the past is like, um, I think I like a really stand up memory. And I think it might've been G3 or G4 is like Taco Kim's invited me out for lunch. And like, we walked to like some hole in the wall sandwich place, like within half a mile of the venue. And then we ordered like these big sandwiches and they were, I don't know. I don't even remember what they were, but like the, the memory there was just like me and Tafo talking about like the role of like a content creator in crafting these larger scene narratives. And it was like a really fruitful conversation at the time because that's where my interest was. So, um, yeah, like to your point, hanging out with people and breaking the ice and, and really kind of just like spending time with humans, but like, um, Genesis nine specifically, I do know, um, I don't know if this is, maybe I'll just share it. So like, I do know that some of the TOs, especially like since they've been working with us on the companion booklet that we're putting together, um, they want to have like activations and they want to think of ways to really get people kind of engaged when they're not playing. So whether it be something within the booklet or maybe even just like, um, things to do around the venue, like that's a priority for them. So that's a, that's a little hot tip slash exclusive slash, you know, hint at what's to come. Um, <laughs> the last minute registration is still open. <laughs> yes. I don't want to market for they can market for themselves, but like I, I care I care about the event. It's 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 a it, I mean I, I went to Genesis one. <laughs> like I, I've been with this scene for so long that I, like I, I do love I do love me that major in particular. I'm interested in hearing a memory from Genesis one. Getting to talk to, oh my God. to PPU about it was 
such a pleasure. He was the bright-eyed 13-year-old type at the time. Had one of his first big tournaments, more or less lied to his parents so that he could go to it, that kind of thing. Not completely yeah. stretching of truths, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, no, Genesis 1 was amazing because I don't know if you know about this, where it took place, but like, it wasn't wasn't in like San Jose or Oakland where like Antioch, the right? modern Genesis, Antioch, California, which is like, um, I believe northeast of San Francisco. So if you're in San Francisco, it's maybe like 35, 45, maybe an hour away. Um, and that, a lot of stand-up memories from that event. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this with you, Jesse, and I don't know if you, you heard, I basically ordered, like, organized a charter bus to leave from San Diego to pick up people in Orange County, L.A., and then some parts of, like, northern L.A., and we all basically had a nine-hour trip to Genesis. Wait a second. There's, that was there's a bus footage. That was your bus? Yeah, that was my bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a blast because the first time we did that, um, I didn't really know what to kind of expect, and I that was, like, I had to convince Eddie Mexico's dad to kind of, like, allow me to take 17, 18-year-old Eddie Mexico to, like, Northern California. And, like, he had just crossed the border from Mexico that morning. And, like, you can say, like you can see, like, the trepidation in his face. And just, like, but he's going to be okay, right? And I was just, I was, like, communicating back in my, like, very poor Spanish. Like, yeah, he'll be fine. Like, we'll just get him up there. And um, I do, I remember on the bus, we saw, <laughs> we saw, like, a clockwork orange we saw grand torino we had movies playing yeah folks just kind of like hanging out and like just like really having a great time we watched cowboy bebop like someone had like the the complete series on dvd um and then we also watched dawn of the dead and i remember a lot of really cool people like folks like lovage um folks like hugs on there and like participating in a deadpool like for like the characters in the movie so like we would say like <laughs> oh, okay this person's gonna die like within the next five minutes or so and it's like 50 plus people on a bus having fun like that was absolutely amazing um and genesis was connected to a hotel so like there was a hotel within like maybe a quarter mile away from the venue everyone was staying at that hotel and all doors for every single room was open since no one else was who's gonna go to antioch at that time but like the <laughs> like i could walk from floor to floor the door would be open and i'd be i'd see mewtwo king like reciting pie with like i believe fana fana like just kind of like just having a great time in the middle of the night or like I'd be just I could I can pick any sort of room at random and I'd be like oh player from like Kansas or player from like you know Washington so that Genesis one was an absolute blast outside of just like even the smash yeah you didn't even mention the smash part of it once see that's how you know the bus thing is so <laughs> cool I was like who got a bus together and now I know I'm literally looking at the person I was. You were here the whole time, the whole time. I know, right? It's it's always like that. Like in every sort of movie, like the uh, the real love interest was right there in front of you this whole time, and you were just too too in, set in your own ways to kind of open your <laughs> eyes and just accept them for who they are. It's okay, Jesse. One of my favorite "the love was in front of you this whole time" kind of moments was from Bob's Burgers when Gene falls in love with an automated toilet, an automated toilet bidet. He goes like, "Oh." I I love you, and the the robotic toilet says back to him, "You want to throw up?" It's like, "No, I love you." Well, yes, go ahead, throw up. That's fine. I don't care. Kind of a, I'm botching the scene, but you get it. The the toilet said no. I'm trying to find a way to kind of just throw out like free publicity for Ludwig's like um, 
like bidet like how can we kind of tie this back to smash and like we can say like oh yeah you know just go buy a bidet um but yeah no that's... well no what they should have done they should have thrown some kind of smash related voice thing to play when you're done i don't know like nice edge guard or nice back air when you get up <laughs> like something like that we don't have to name drop we could just do Nice back air <laughs> or something like that. That'd be so funny for a bidet to say that to you as you're getting up from the seat. <laughs> the, um, shit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I can actually swear. Can I swear? Like, yeah, you're allowed to the... swear. Okay, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I think it's crazy that players, people that had started out in Smash or like, you know, got involved in Smash in a big way, like had gone on to do bigger and better things for not just themselves but for the community as well so, like i think that that's really cool that giving back is like a, a pretty pretty common thread in a lot of like people's journeys when they come into melee and they decide you know what how can i how can i make it better how can i kind of like pay homage or pay respects to like where i came from so do you know who bursky is bursky bursky is in chat saying hello i don't know who bursky oh, is. oh that's reed yeah, I always kind of forget, like, because I, I always, his name is Goob or Reed, and yeah, what's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, that's all I can really say. No, that's okay. It's okay. I want to circle back around to when you were part of the, part of that, part of the scene in that time, when did Major Scene first come into your head? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Major first came into my head. So in 2016, 2017, I was in a group chat for Smash writers, um, along with folks like Slime, Tafo, uh, Ipengu, or Zane Banzali. Um, when budding, I think Hendrick Lamar was in there too. And uh, uh, Alex is going to be upset if I forget him. <laughs> and then I think Prague was in there as well. Um, so like being in that group we were doing a lot of like kind of brainstorming and talking about like okay what what kind of smash content can we write and put together um and like how do we get people like really caring about smash in a in a grander storytelling type of way um it was also around that time that i had finished a book i, I actually had it around here somewhere oh. but I, I had finished a book called <laughs> i had finished a book called ad toner and it was a collection of stories from this person that was publishing their own zines in around um san francisco i was like or berkeley and i was like you know what i think this is totally doable and it totally relates to what we're, we want to do with smash because it's like grassroots self-published it's kind of like you know someone putting together something for their community and i was like I can totally see Smash doing this, and we can distribute these things at like majors. So I pitched the idea to the group. Um, Zane was the Zane was the first one to say, "Yeah, let me participate. Let me let me help out." And then that was like in late 2017, and we decided to to make our first issue for Genesis that year. So that was really really fun. Was this Genesis um, three four? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember the number. I'm probably going to guess five and I might be wrong. <laughs> like, I just remember it was Genesis from like 28, was Genesis 2018. Like that was by, that was like, that was the year. So I think I 2018 was. was Genesis four. Because uh, mm, I want to say Genesis five was 2019 when Plup won. And then mm. in 2000, 
sorry, 2020 was Genesis. No, no, I'm I'm got because Genesis seven was 2020. So if we go back, it was Genesis six. So yes, 2018 when Plup won. Wow, and Major Zine. What what was more influential to Smash's history? I I could make an argument for Major Zine. You're 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 being really 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 kind by the way so thank you very much jesse for that um the major is super niche like i don't think though we've had like really cool people and big names within the scene themselves contribute to the project it's like super duper niche and i'm well aware that like not a lot of people know about it and not a lot of people know what a zine is in particular so like um so for you to say that that's like a really really kind and generous thing to say but i i know for a fact it's not true but what, what about um, what about slime who always talks about the firepuff 12 and i love firepuff 12 i am not trying to come after you because I love you, Firepuff12, let me be clear. But why isn't Slime name dropping Zine, the major Zine, every once in a while? With these commentators, not that it's their job to prop up niche parts of the community. But now that I think about it, we've had commentators do homey, homey drops. You know, that kind of thing. Because it's what we do. We're yeah. grassroots. But off the top of my head, I can't think of a single... Oh my gosh, even I was indirectly referred to by uh, by Scar at Big House. He said I was talking with somebody about this and I was going, yep, that's me. I, am, I will be the only one who knows. I am the only one who knows yeah. that he was talking about me. But that's cool. Scar, I appreciate that. That's fine. But I haven't heard anybody talk about Z on the, on, the, on the mic at a big event. I'm just off the top of my head. I can't. Oh, um... The only time that I can remember someone giving a shout out to Major was, I believe, during the Five Days of Smash. Was that the name of the event? Like last year or the year before? Um, someone had said they I think it might have been I forgot who, but someone said that they were they were missing. Like they, they said, does anyone else remember Major? And like everyone was like, oh yeah, that was kind of cool. Like that was the only shout out that I could possibly remember from anyone like mentioning it on the mic which is fine again like it's a really really niche product and it's or product project um and it's also it's hard to kind of describe unless you have it in your hands like i think like the the whole purpose of the zine is to have this physical thing that you can kind of flip through and be like oh shoot like that's what that is um but yeah i, I think of it uh, i think I, what i've described to my family i said i'm writing for i'm writing for sort of like a user generated content they all you can submit content that then the editor a person in charge kind of rifles through throws together and so really the community makes the publication every time you can read it online or have it in person and my family goes oh that's pretty yeah that's pretty cool and i've been i was published one other time in another uh magazine before so i felt like i had a pretty good idea of how to write the piece that i wanted to and i contributed to the sorry the tent gosh it's not the 10th one, is it? Why do I keep wanting to say that the one at Big House 10 was the 10th one? That's not true. That was issue number 14. Sorry. <laughs> but you get it. Um, it was really fun to write for that. So when I described it to my family and I was saying, this is what I'm doing because this is really cool. I want to share it. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, we get it. I was able to explain it without actually having it in my hands. Although when I brought that home, I did show it to them and everybody loved it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think that that's kind of like one of my favorite things to hear like when like i know it's a niche project but like i love it when contributors or people that share art with us or write for us they say like hey i showed it to my mom or i showed it to my sibling or i showed it to my friends they all think it's super dope like that 
that makes it worth it for me. Like that makes me super duper happy because one, like you, you've, you've contributed to something, you made something that you're proud of, I hope. And two, like you're sharing it with someone that you love and like they are also acknowledging that they're proud for you or happy for you or whatever. And that's like, yeah, like I, I honestly, um, it's not for, it's not, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's not for like the greater Smash community. It's for like the individual to really express themselves and to have an outlet and a space for like to be, as honest, silly, vulnerable, angry, mad, happy, whatever as possible. And then we can make it in like something tangible that you can hold and share and keep with you for the rest of your life. So I was also thinking about, yes, I wanted to share that Ellie and Ezra loved all the pictures in, in the zine that I brought home. They were like, oh, this is so cool. And they were playing with it. And then I went, okay, maybe don't play with it because I know what they do to books that they <laughs> like playing with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, that copy of Diary of a Wimpy Kid is probably just in tatters, like it's completely just torn apart, right? I mean, they put it down on the ground and then they start running around an hour or two later and they slip and shush, like it. That's that's what happens. And I have a I have an extra one if you want a copy of issue fourteen. No, but I, just I didn't destroy. That didn't, okay, that's happened to other books in our house, not to the zine. I gently took it away and I said, "I'm so happy you like it. I'm just going to put it up here, conveniently out of your reach, because I love you." And they were like, "Okay." Mm, How much of your job as a dad is to like? But imagine that a lot of the things that you do is not just kind of solving or correcting right there in the. And I'm only asking this because I recently adopted a puppy. Like a lot of your, like what you do as a dad is possibly just like not correcting in the moment, but like doing a lot of like preventative stuff and making sure that they have like a safe area for them to play in. And they, you're basically setting them up to not fail and and misbehave, right? I mean, there are a couple of times where I set the controls to a spot where I go, I want to see, I want to. Let them cook. Uh, you know, I'm like, hold up, let them cook. <laughs> I want to see how Ellie or Ezra actually responds to a certain scenario. So it's not like sadistic experimentation. It's not on that level because absolutely the first goal is for them to be safe and for them to know that mom and dad love them. And I, I say to myself occasionally, I want them to feel bored sometimes and I want them to fail sometimes, mm. but in a more controlled environment allows them to understand the error without necessarily being permanently scarred so that's the opportunity that i have as a parent is to give them sort of like a, a stepping off platform do you want to give this a try if you want to go for it i want you to see how well of a handle you have on responding to a scenario or how you feel about yeah. something how you want to try to learn how to do like an, a new action whether it's something related to hand-eye coordination or or, or whatever so I don't know. We try to we try to make sure that they are safe as a first priority, but they're occasionally. I'd say once or twice a week. I say I think to myself, I actually let them cook. L let's see. Let's see what happens. Like mom, like mom and I will look at each other and we'll just take a couple of steps back instead because we realize, wait, there's a teaching moment here, possibly depending on how this goes. And we're right here, and it's not like there's a knife involved or anything, so nobody panic. Yeah, the um, that's how I treat. <laughs> that's how I treat. That's how I handle like problematic matchups for me, or like people like that I'm kind of experiencing or playing with for the first time. Like a lot of it's just like, okay, um, I've cornered you here, or a lot of the time it's me running away, and I'm just kind of inviting them into like being punished by chic stuff. But yeah, it's like <laughs> let <laughs> let this person cook. Like they they traveled all this way to kind of play a match and stuff. Like. I would hate to be completely cheesy all the time and make it so cutthroat that I have to win or I have to kind of like force an outcome. Like 
I mean, why not just let them do what they have to do? And that's kind of like my mentality at the moment, because being the best player, I don't have anything to prove. Mm. Um, the my mentality at the moment, especially when it comes to locals and like really fostering talent at the local level. I like that. So when you, the person who had popped off after having not been success, I'm I'm sorry, I'm forgetting this person's tag. I saw this Twitter post over a week ago, so that's about how far I can go back in the Twitter world. Okay. But yeah. when you were talking, you were you were you were tweeting about somebody who had a hard time beating you for a while, and you felt that they oh. were getting closer, but then they finally did it, popped off on you super hard, but you were you were a little proud anyway. Not that you were completely happy about it but did you have moments in your close sets with this person where you were going now hold on now if i do this i could probably get this but i want to i'm actually hmm i'm curious yeah yeah so the person is <laughs> sorry uh jesse's kids uh and jesse's wife so the person's tag is lewd celebs for free um really sweet technically proficient, super fast chic main from San Diego. Um, I actually have a history with them for the last year. So I started going to San Diego locals like about a little over a year ago. And I had played this person at like an event called Pizza Time, really well-run event. So shout out to Georgie. Um, played this person at Pizza Time. And like, this is me kind of just kind of like, you know, just getting the rest out of my hands and just kind of enjoying the game and playing with this. And he was immediately just kind of going into it with like um, no impact lands, uh shield drops all sorts of stuff that i just don't practice like i i just don't and like he's super fast and i'm like holy crap like this lewd celebs for free guy is just kind of like rocking me to set and he won the i think he might have won the first game after a while i was like okay i i need i i'm starting to notice a pattern and then i actually closed it out and i told them like hey you're you're really fast and it was a pleasure playing you and this is the first time we played i, I told him that and he was like oh i'm really fast but i'm really dumb like he was like beating himself <laughs> up for like failing because like of course he's fast and he was outplaying he was he was, he was technically outplaying me but like he still lost the set so he was beating himself and I could tell. Like, yeah, yeah, you double jump right away. You panic when you're off stage. You don't close out your edge guards. And if yeah. you're, are you are you are you chain grabbing in the chic ditto or are you not chain grabbing? Um, <laughs> I I don't chain grab, but as kind of like a bit like if I'm down in the set and it's the last stock, I will chain grab. Just to kind of like really, I, it's like it's doing the Mewtwo King, but like intentionally just to kind of get in their heads. Like yeah, to, yeah, to no, you're, know, like, you're, hey, activating, this... you're activating the failsafe, like <laughs> you're activating the sense, the fifth sense, the sixth sense, excuse me. And you start to, yes, if I was getting chain grabbed after not being chain grabbed the whole game, I would go, I don't, this doesn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's kind of like you have to escalate, kind of like similar to like, I guess, how you would train a puppy. Sometimes you have to kind of make things more difficult as you go along just to kind of check them and to make sure that they understand what is happening here. Like, I would hate for them to feel like they got an easy win over me, not because like I have a huge ego about it, but more so because like they're there to compete and they're there to like, I need to be able to do well to kind of motivate myself to get better. And I, I want to make it as hard as possible, not just for them, but also for me. So, um, like that's like the final that's the final gate like once that's unlocked like okay now can you handle this like <laughs> we've, we've we've gone through every single like step to get to this point now i'm just going to completely cheese you and just like i'm just going to shut you down as best i can because this is where you pushed me to but um so a year ago yeah i i i beat rohan or lewd celebs and like over the course of an entire year like it's just me coming back from like the brink like he, he would come he would overwhelm me 
And then something would happen where I would either taunt him or, or chain grab or something. And it would, like the game plan would crumble. I think my favorite taunt was like, I was noticing that he's way faster on platforms than I was. Like he was, he was counterpicking me. It was like game five of our set. And I was like saying like, Rohan, you can only beat me if you have platforms available. And he's like, and he got so mad and he took me to FD and I ended up just like almost four stalking him. <laughs> and I, yeah, so poor Rohan. The, um, <laughs> So this 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 time the the tweet you're talking about, like the set's going really really close. He has he he has it over me, and I don't remember if it was last stock or last game. I, I truly don't. And like you can tell, like the 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 tension was palpable. Like it was just kind of like rising and rising and rising. And I can hear I can feel him just kind of like just like getting more and more into the game, leaning in, doing that gamer lean. And I was like, okay, he's gonna pop off. And like he, I, I had already kind of like rendered in the sense like he's gonna pop off if he gets this win so he 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 finishes the sock he knocks me out and then actually to correct sorry i don't like correcting you jesse you're amazing um i wasn't upset i wasn't upset at all like i had not even a teensy tiny bit like when he popped off he jumped up and he was just yelling like f you marco like you could tell like a year's worth of just aggression and just like pent up just like just like suffocating this, just like he's getting a breath for the first time in a year. So it's like, F you, Marco, F you. Oh my God, yes, hell you, most polite way possible, eat my ass. And I'm just like laughing because like in that moment of catharsis, his first go-to is like, eat my ass. So like, I mean, it's on brand with like lewd celebs for free, but I mean, dude, like you can think of a better way to just kind of like express that joyous moment, you know, teasing him. But um, but yeah, then I 3-0'd him afterwards and, and loser, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, the, yeah, I, I was really proud of him for, for having that moment. I mean, the, the line that I probably would have said was congratulations on beating the number one player in the world and leaving it at that subtext. You have a long way to go. If you think I'm your biggest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very anime of you, Jesse. Mm. Uh, okay. So what I really enjoy about playing with Hada is Hada has played melee for much longer than I have. And he's gotten really tired of people, not just rushing in and going for the clip. He's a big going for the clip guy. I'm a big try to win the set guy. So when oh. I, when I, when we play our exhibition matches every week, our exhibition match every week, excuse me, we do thug finals afterwards and stuff. But when we're doing the <laughs> exhibition best of five, I'm, I'm playing to win and I know he's playing for content and he just gets so frustrated and angry at me for, you know, cause I'm not technically good enough to charge in all the time. So who likes playing against a runaway fox? Nobody does. And when Hada is also simultaneously forced to play Game & Watch because, you know, Drew and the patron, Patreon says so. He's just like, I'm playing with a bad character. I can't charge in. This is stupid. And I, aside from the fact that I really enjoy playing Hada in that specific scenario, and it's funny to me, I also appreciate him for being willing to do that as well. Because then he'll wipe the wipe the floor with me afterwards with peach or you know somebody who he's actually good with afterwards ganondorf surprisingly of all people last night well everyone everyone has a pocket ganon i'm convinced that like deep down inside if you reach down into the depths of your soul you will have a pocket ganon just like waiting to be summoned mm. the um so i have a question for you jesse the when you enter, when you have like these kind of exhibition matches with Hada, and then you see them just get like really kind of like flustered or upset just because they're limited by either their the character choice that's been provided for them or picked for them, or whatever whatever the case is, you're not going in or have you? 
how much of that percentage of frustration do you think is like content brain? Like they're just kind of like thinking like this will be better for the clip, at least for kind of just reacting. If the play is kind of safe and not exciting or whatever, then at least I can kind of like really amp it up to to get people involved and to get people like happy or just kind of like reacting. I would say there's a little bit of the pushing it up. I don't know what the level is, if it's either on the deep, deep, high end, like Hungrybox level pushing it up or if it's <laughs> or if it's not. But uh, who who is no, themselves? No, those are sincere. Who is who who is uh, the closest to themselves on on a stream setup uh, for the melee players? Because I think a lot of them do provide a little bit of extra gut. Oh, Zane, never mind. Sorry, that's an easy answer. Because he hardly even streams, and when he does, it's just like he's not even looking at chat. So that's that's Zane. <laughs> uh, I I know I've seen some clips where he's doing Marge's voice, or if he's yelling unnecessarily while he's playing as Roy, or what have you. But when he's doing practice with Marth versus somebody like IBW, that's all gone. And then you know, then you know. That's Zane that you're looking at right there. The um, one thing I like about Zane, uh, among many things, is like I I feel like he's a really good role model for the community. Um, I sh sure like not all of his not all of his content is like <laughs> um, family friendly, and some of it can be just kind of completely off like off the wall or unhinged. <laughs> but playing um, on a panda sweatshirt, <laughs> the most hydrated pee I've seen in a long time. Like I've never. Like you can tell that that man drinks a lot of water in a good way. Um, yeah, he's just a great role model. Like his mentality, his the the, the stuff that he kind of posts after a tournament, even when he's frustrated. And I would probably assume that he's super mad at a loss. Like it's still so like buttoned up, good professional, and like that's high watermark for how I feel like most people should kind of like treat their. If they're if they're like that invested into improving and being the best, like I think that that's possibly like that's the way to do it. Um, I think JMook is along the same lines. Absolutely, we have had a couple of different players come in to not counteract the left and mango, the left and mango personality subsets of the world. I don't I don't yeah. want to say counter, but just they're 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 balancing it out is probably the better way to put it and. I like the degeneracy after a tournament loss, but I also like a, like when the person responds well and loses graciously. Uh, I, I like both of them for different reasons. So I think what happens is once you get used to somebody behaving in a certain way, if it's, yeah. if it's in the character arc or the character portrait that you've made for that person to be gracious after a loss or degenerate after a loss, I mean... If Zane was the person going up after losing to Hungrybox and saying something about air limit and grabbing ledge, this was at the Ludwig Smash Invitational. That's what Leffen did after losing to Hungrybox. If that's if that's what's going on and it's not somebody like Leffen, I'm confused. I'm a little annoyed. I'm going, <laughs> we don't need this in front of the 25,000 people that are watching right now, Zane. But if it's Leffen doing it, I'm like, this is great. We're probably going to get more viewers. This is hilarious because it's Leffen doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the um, Yeah. And I feel like Leffen. So, it, I mean, maybe this is me just kind of like projecting and stuff. But I, because Leffen, I think, was at Genesis 1 or 2. I think he was at 2. 2, so like at the, Genesis um, 2. Yeah, he was at Genesis 2. Because I remember the image of him in, like, the gray Genesis 2 shirt. The, um, well, 
Mango, your Leffens, like they came up in the scene at a completely different time when like esports wasn't really like it was still hyphenated or like it was still just called something else completely different. And <laughs> video the... game players. <laughs> it, it, I think that there's a level of professionalism that has been injected into the scene post doc that like really influenced your your Zanes, your JMOOCs, and your IBD. Your I'd be doing work. I have to kind of say it every single time. I B D Ws. So um, yeah, like that's the, you don't see that in your left end or your mangoes because they came up in a different time. But that's just my thought. Well, well, then what about you? I know that you love the idea of just going like, how much not safe for work content can we put in the zine as a bit at the very least? You like you like doing that, but you come across as pretty as. as Look, you were super great at Big House when we were recording, and maybe because we're at Big House, we're on the stream, so you're intentionally trying to be that way. But I don't know. You didn't seem that degenerate the whole weekend, but you came up at around, well, around that time. You know what I'm trying to say. You were there during the Dark Ages where, yes, people were quite unhinged. Yeah, no. I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm still unhinged, but just kind of, like, subdued. The, um, yeah, sure, like at Big House... I mean, because you're a big house and I want to respect the event, respect, I, I, I mean, put that back in there. Um, I want to respect the event. I want to respect your content, like just knowing your background and where you come from and how important family is to you. I want to be able to, I, I, I know the type of, the version of me that I want to present and to work with and to, and to make it both, like make it comfortable for both you and for everyone kind of watching. Um, so Okay, so let me tell you one of my favorite uh, stories about the type of person that I am. Um, I was, I it was, I think it was like the, the the same genesis where I did like had the zine drop um, the first issue. Um, I believe, believe someone was slated to kind of commentate with Tope for top thirty two, and they had a drop off for or drop out for whatever reason. I think it was either just kind of producing other content or they had some kind of emergency. So um, one of the TOs came up to me and said, hey, Oates, um, would you like to do some of Top 32 with Tope at Genesis? And I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And then I remember kind of just like going backstage, um, meeting up with Tope. And I was, I was super nervous the entire time. Like I was asking everyone, like, how do you commentate with Tope? How do you commentate? Like, like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do there. And I mean, yeah. Um, so I go up to Tove, and we've already known each other for years, but I go up to Tove and I'm saying, what's up to him? And like, he's talking to someone else. I think they're like some kind of, some kind of name, notable name in esports. I don't know who that person is and I'll, I'll just save them the embarrassment. And Tove does this thing where he's like, oh yeah, and this is Marco. And like, I, I hope, I hope that, that at that time, so it's like 2018, I hope by that time, I've been in scene for like 10 plus years, you could say something like, He's been a tournament organizer. He's been a commentator, like a top commentator in PM. He's been, uh, he was in Brawl, involved in Brawl scene stuff. And he's also been doing this type of content with writing. Or he, like he's done, you know, he launched a zine today. Like even all these things that Tove could have picked from, at least as far as like a professional esports resume that he could have presented and introduced me as. But he's like, oh, this is Marco. He likes to party. <laughs> was, oh, was, no. Like that was... <laughs> That was Tove's just like introduction of me to this person. And then I just kind of stood there and I, I, I smiled like, and in the back of my mind, I was like, is this how you see me? Is this how I present myself? And then he was asking this guy like, Hey dude, do you have like a hot tub? And, and like, I was just like, really? And, and 
I can only imagine that he was just kind of like being silly and funny. And we've known each other for so many years that you can introduce your friend like that. So it's totally fine. But um, it really kind of made me take a step back as to like, I, I definitely present myself in a specific light. And these are the things that kind of like everyone looks at and it's totally fine. Um, but I mean, I've done a lot more, you know, and yes. so as far as unhinged and how I present myself and all that other stuff, I'm freaking crazy or I used to be even more crazy and I'm all about just being as honest as possible. Um, especially in the zine, <laughs> in the zine, I'll just write whatever kind of goofy stuff is on my mind, but like the, um, yeah, that's what it's for. And I feel like that's what we should be doing is presenting at least uh, an appropriate version of ourselves for the audience that we want to kind of target or hit or in relate with. If only we knew the things per big house that we know now could have been could have been legendary the amount of smack talking that we could have done but sadly we didn't know quite understand we didn't quite understand it's all good what kind of smack talking would you want to have had happen like i don't even i don't even understand that well my thing that i was meditating on prior to the event and going i just i should be as tempted to do this as i am but yet i'm tempted to do it and if you've listened to me enough, uh, the people who at home who are either watching or listening, you probably understand that most of the time I aim for positivity as compared to being a negative or going out of my way to dunk on somebody, even if that oh, yeah. is quote unquote deserved. Again, perspective. We all have different perspectives. Yeah. But I was thinking about Nintendo and I was thinking about how I don't know that I was, I was like, I, look, what I don't, I, if we have to talk about as the the grassroots level to a certain degree which we want to for this event how am i not just gonna take that easy layup and be like you know unlike nintendo because it's true there's not even a like even even with the quote-unquote picture perfect image that we were all hoping for panda cup to be which it turned out not to be even if that was true i'm still sitting there going they have they still have a lot to make up for. PM and all these other circuits that people were trying to make happen a long, long time ago. Things that could have been potentially very helpful. And never mind people like um, Dr. Piggy who 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 spent so much time and energy trying to help had to help to help to introduce accountability to the scene. People like that not being supported. That's 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 a layup. So that I that's those were the kind of things I was thinking about prior to the event and going like, ah, I if we get too far into it, I don't know. I just I want to say something to the effect of, we built this city on melee rock and roll kind of a thing. I don't know how serious I wanted it to be, but that's what I was uh, struggling with at the time. Yeah, and I'm surprised you weren't struggling with like having someone on the podcast that had written fiction smut. Like I, like that would have been. <laughs> look, <laughs> I love. Okay, look, look. There has been some fiction read by me on the internet for certain pairings that I wanted to happen in shows, but didn't happen. Everybody does it. It's not just me and you. I have yet to write <laughs> fan fiction though, so it sounds like you have. I have not. But I guess it depends on how strongly I feel about a relationship on film. The, what's the ship that you wanted to happen the most that just didn't pan out? Raylo. And it didn't pan out uh. because... Do you care about spoilers for Star Wars? 
Oh, this is more for your audience. Like I, I I've seen I've seen the sequel, like the sequel trilogy, so we mm-hmm. can talk about it. At okay, length, well, like, yeah. I don't know how important this is to anybody who's listening, but there you go. You've gotten the spoiler <laughs> alert. As soon as they gave me Raylo, after I've watched videos about Raylo, I'd read fan fiction about Raylo, they took it away just like that. One little so snippet, you- and then it's gone. I was so mad because I was already in the theater watching this movie and and saying to myself, this is butchering Star Wars of the highest degree. This is awful. There's only one way they could turn this around. And so for 20 seconds, I was the happiest person on the planet and going, this movie's great. Never mind. We are all good to... No! No, Adam Driver, what are you doing? (laughs) The... I don't know how you can hate Adam Driver. That man's perfect. The, no, he's um, perfect. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, why are you following the script? And then I read afterwards uh, that they wanted to put that into the scene where Rayla became canon anyway. It was like Daisy uh, Ridley and Adam Driver who wanted Ray and Kylo Ren to kiss. And I'm going, of course, because this writer is so stupid. And no offense to the person's personal life or whatever, but how could you write something so awful and then... What the actors have to convince you to do the right thing, if only for twenty seconds? Gah! It's very frustrating. The yeah, you'd be surprised how many like from just what I've learned and what I've heard and what I've consumed in terms of like Hollywood uh, production stories or whatever. Like yeah, <laughs> actors usually have like a really good handle on how a character should kind of be carried out sometimes, just because they've lived them for like however many hours, however many days, months, years. And sometimes it just there's conflict there with the writers, but it sounds to me like you convinced yourself about Raylo, and it wasn't necessarily like you you went out there out of your way to kind of like look for Raylo, and then you were like, "This is gonna happen." It's gotta happen. <laughs> I I can't think of like the last time I shipped a character or a fictional character like that, but I I appreciate you sharing Raylo at the very least. Mm-hmm. That one that one resonates and it's funny. It could me. have redeemed three movies, not one, but three movies because I didn't. As someone who really enjoyed the original trilogy and I really enjoyed the prequels because I mean it was like they have their moments of not being great, but I still really enjoyed them. I grew up with them, so yeah. I, I'd even watch them now and and just be like, oh, this is great. But the but yeah the, the the 2015 and on Star Wars sequels the the three big movies that they've made I've all I've just gone I'm like eh eh but then in the first movie sorry in in the Force Awakens when Raylo and Kylo Ren meet for the first time I'm going like well you know if this is gonna be a thing these movies might actually be okay because I love Pride and Prejudice and I got big Pride and Prejudice vibes <laughs> when when I saw that like. The Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. I've watched that movie at least 10 times. It's such a good movie. And so I'm seeing that depicted in a Star Wars movie and just going, wait, 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 hold up. Let him cook. This might be something. It's got to happen. And then it didn't. I've never heard anyone describe... I've never heard anyone describe rilo as like pride and prejudice but i can totally see the connection like there's Daisy people Ridley who have made edits there are people who have made edits it totally works it totally works oh okay so this is this isn't a new thing or like a, a jesse original this is definitely it's not like a jesse a original no the the, the <laughs> kylo ren and raylo sorry the raylo fan base feels this way for sure 100 that's freaking hilarious the um yeah i think i think it wasn't 
I, I was on board for like the Force Awakens, and I was on. We're like deviating so far from Smash, but I'm 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 here for this. I was um I was on board for the Force Awakens. The Last Jedi, I think, is really 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 good. I love that movie. And then I think they just kind of yeah they they fumbled the bag in the third one. There were a lot of things about the Last Jedi that I also enjoyed. I think. I think the the special effects and the the settings, the planets, uh, were kind of like at an all time high for Star Wars to me. I, I really enjoyed each of the locations that they that they were all, not that they were all real. You understand what I'm saying? It felt like each planet had its own personality, and it wasn't just like a template. Like it seemed like each place was more lived in and real. And I really enjoyed, obviously, the fight scene towards the end of the movie where it's kylo and ray versus the 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 snoke guards you get what i'm saying but again i'm also watching those three movies and i'm going there there is there is a certain missing thing about these movies that were present in the george lucas not all directed but he was the brain behind all of them and that's that that's something feels just a little bit off the vibes are not there but what i have really enjoyed for star wars is is obviously the mandalorian and i really liked boba fett and i really liked um the first season of of the andor right sorry i was going to call it cassian cassian andor that's his name i've really enjoyed andor i was saying to myself this is this is what Netflix wishes it could make. It wishes it could make this because you know that they have to film certain scenes for budgetary purposes where there's a lot of dialogue. Mm. And sometimes when you watch a Netflix show, you go, yeah, they were doing this for budget reasons and the writing is not there or the acting's not there. So this feels artificial or clunky or like filler. But all the scenes in Andor, pretty much, I'm just I'm like engaged with the dialogue's great or the 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 acting is really good. So for Andor, I'm I'm going wow, is this like the best thing that has I've seen related to Star Wars since 2015? I don't know. I'm kind of getting that. So I've really enjoyed those those Disney Plus shows that they've made so far. To to talk about limiting ourselves for budgetary reasons with the issues of major. Like that very first issue of Major that I kind of released, it was in black and white. And the reason why we did that was because for budgetary reasons. I think we printed out like 500 to 1,000 of that first issue because we assumed like we wanted everyone in the venue to have a copy. And the only way that we could afford to print that many was to do it only in black and white. So that's why when you go into like, you see it online, you're wondering like, why isn't this in color? Well, there's your reason. As we've kind of gone, like I was distributing those first issues, like the first two or three. Um, I was super duper nervous because I was just giving it to people for free and we didn't have a booth. And I was just like, people going to like this or people going to want me to kind of just hand them this pamphlet and they're just kind of going to look at it. Like no one really knows what a zine is. I have to kind of explain it. And I, I'm like, I get, I don't want to say stage fright. I don't think I get stage fright anymore, but I do get social anxiety, like (laughs) to like really, really high degrees. Yes. And Especially when you just want to like put yourself out there and you want to share something that you've, you know, you poured your heart into. Yes. Like to have someone kind of reject that and then to say, no, no, thank you. I don't want this, this free booklet that has cool art and writing and stuff. Like, um, hurts. And that's what I was afraid of. And I think a lot of that fear is kind of just been carried with me throughout all of Smash. But, um, to your point about Disney Plus, I would say the, that those first two or three issues were, Netflix, it's major on Netflix, and then like the ones after the fifth, after the online one, 
are varying levels of like Hulu and Disney Plus per major. So like, um, you'll notice the difference if you have like particular printouts of them. Like you'll say like, oh, this one was printed like at a FedEx Kinko's or this one was printed like from my usual printer supplier or this one was printed like <laughs> the night before at, at some like other place. So it's um, it's really fun like to to think about like, how can I kind of incorporate budget? How can I kind of make the most of what I do have? And, and like, is this really affecting how I'm gonna be like, sending it to people? Cause like the, the really nice ones, I, I, I struggle to kind of give away sometimes, but I mean, that's how it is. Well, also the, not only are you trying to have people get behind it and believe in something that you're passionate about, it's so difficult to do that sometimes when you feel like, why am I the only one? I need like a, a, a wing man, wing person right now to help me yeah. have the confidence to put myself out there like this so that they can be like, don't you talk about the zine like that? Marco's worked really hard on this or, or what have you. I also think yeah. about. I also think about the, no, no, I just lost the train of thought. Hold on. Give me a second. The angle also where you are trying to support different nonprofits as well, where you say, all right, we're going to have some stuff here. You buy it, the wholesale or the proceeds of it goes to this charity, this nonprofit. You've done that for a bunch of your zines more recently. That's super cool that you, that you have the, the heart to do that. And, so I feel like you're not sadistically trying to make it as hard on yourself as possible, but you don't, you don't make it easy. I would say, right. I mean, what's the, what's, what was the desire to start supporting nonprofits by also publishing the zine? So the desire for that is because I, I'm a strong believer in giving back. Like as, as early as I can remember, I've always kind of just wanted to contribute, whether it was through like canvassing for like, marriage equality like in the early 2000s or like just finding ways to just do things um to just kind of raise awareness for things that i'm passionate about and the um i think someone asked me recently like what is there like since i'm coming up on the last this next issue by the way is going to be the very last one like i'm, I'm cutting it off there um like what are some things that i've always wanted to do with the zine and like i never wanted to make money with it there's a really funny story from like when um zane and i were first pitched i think i might have told you this um, Zane and I were first, you know, kind of shopping around the idea and just talking about it and like really just saying like, hey, we're gonna make a smash scene. And then I think it was prominent community figure that will remain nameless for their privacy and for people not to kind of just like, you know, hound them about it. Um, they said, really, you're not gonna make any money off of that. And like, it was, it was just kind of like a it was kind of like an early kind of just gut punch because that's just like someone that I've looked up to and they're not saying it to be mean or malicious. They're just saying it because they're a really pragmatic person and they're looking at like, how is this going to succeed over time and all this other stuff. They're, they're being, they're just, they're just providing honest feedback. Um, but yeah, the goal is never to succeed financially. Like it's, it's a, in, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a money pit. Like I'm, I'm paying money to kind of print out stuff and all this other, like all the things that kind of come with it. But um, yeah, early on, I've always said like, why we're, 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 we have a platform for artists. Like what else can we do with this platform and raising charity and, and kind of like raising awareness for things that I care about, whether it be like indigenous women's rights or um, climate change is like the last big one. And I'm, I'm shopping, I'm not shopping around. I'm looking at investigating and researching the, uh, the next charity that I'm going to do for this next issue. I want to keep it local to San Jose, but I'm open to like any sort of like big, funds or like big charities as long as like the, the cause is right like i feel like it's appropriate um so yeah i mean 
with your platform, like you, you've, I've, I've, I've done enough with this platform. I have, I have some user fans, or sorry, Twitter fans. I have some people in the discord, like why not just tell them, I mean, I'm already telling them like how I want to do naughty things to fiction metaphorically because it's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> like why not just also tell them like, Hey, I'm also, you know, pro this anti this, uh, I care about these things. And I, yeah, like, why not use that platform for that? I love that. Also, I was literally thinking of asking you the same question that I more or less asked without realizing it. How does fiction make money when he was uh, on the Waiting for Game podcast a few days ago? I was thinking, wait, how huh, How does fiction make money? But the, so, so, no, you don't have to talk about that. I'm, it's really cool to hear about how, again, like you're talking about if I've already been able to do these things and I've gotten it to a point where I know what it takes to make them and I also want to support a nonprofit, a charity. That's really, really cool. And hearing about how this is the last one and it's going to support, or at, as of now, you're loosely planning on it, supporting a San Jose-based based a nonprofit or charity. That just feels like that just feels like Ludwig, except you're not Ludwig on Ludwig's platform, so it's kind of not fair. But you know how Ludwig kind of does right by Smash. You're doing right by the Zine, is is how is how I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. You're doing right by the zine, Marco. And I, I hope to. I hope to. Like I, I, I don't think. <laughs> um. So I think you talked about like putting a lot of work into it and being hard on myself, and and I think you might have hinted at maybe asking about that, or you probably wanted to explore that as a possible topic. Um, but yeah, I, I know for a fact that I'm really hard on myself and, and how, what I kind of want to do with this project and how much I want to kind of get out of it. And I think early on, um, someone had called me a benevolent dictator when it came to like making sure the content was curated properly. And I've just since like thrown away, like, I don't really care anymore. Like you write anything, I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to say yes, you know, because I don't want to control it. I, I want to lift it and i i'm doing my best to kind of like keep going with it and that's that's just that's just a recipe for like for like destroying my ego when it when it fails or when i think it fails right so that's that's part of the reason why it's going to be the last issue but um yeah i'm i'm not i'm not great i'm not a, i'm not a perfect human being at all i'm not like some great artist or some person with a vision or i also am not as motivated and as hardworking as ludwig um but i appreciate the comparison there at least in terms of like what we do to give back um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's my duty at the very least to kind of like do something for others. And the other point being, as long as Smash and Melee has people who want to not only do the things that they want to do, but also help everybody else along the way in some capacity, that means that the community, the community can continue to grow, thrive and move in a positive direction because it is hard to find positivity in in times or moments of going oh this really sucks right now and if it doesn't yeah. have if the community doesn't have people who are working to move forward bringing other people along with them then yeah it gets a lot smaller it dies off it fails to succeed so uh succeeded as in continue to survive not because yeah. we're all like succeeding in like a financial way or or, or what have you you get uh, what I'm saying? No, not at all. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. The, um, Succeeding in being yeah. still here. We're still out here. Although you are, you are, you are calling this your, your last one. So what happens after Genesis nine? What happens after 
the 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 sorry the booth gets closed up on sunday yeah yeah so after genesis 9 um so I, I do want to give a shout out to the folks that are kind of helping out with the companion booklet that we're doing for Genesis 9. Right now, it's um, Deal for Real. I think that's their Twitter handle. And then Goob or Bursky, um, Reed and Peter. Um, like, they have completely, like, just working with them, they have inspired me to kind of think like, okay, um, I have this community platform for expressing yourself. Cool. Um, I can't really do that anymore just because it's, it's draining. So like I, and I'm, I'm really satisfied with what I've done and I don't know how I kind of build on it. So like maybe after Genesis, we, we think about like, why not do companion booklets for other events, whether it be for like Big House or, um, or anyone that really kind of wants to just have us provide content and us be a little bit more closer knit with like the actual tournament experience. Um, me personally, um, someone asked me if I'm gonna be doing more community projects. I think I wanna do like, interactive websites like that kind of do what the zine is doing but like at a very like at a, at like a coding level and like really i don't know okay so you're a football guy right yep do you read 17776 huh no i don't Why know what that laughing? is i don't even know what 17776 yeah. is it's um it's an interactive story um that it basically talks about football in the year 17776 and what that looks like. And it has like a calendar and you just kind of like just scroll through a page and it's this crazy, like you're basically taking like an online portal into the future and then you're just reading your depictions of football then or in the future. Um, so yeah, highly recommended. That's been like super inspiring for what kind of writing I want to do in the near future. But I might do something with a zine for that. Um, that's similar to that. Um, but I'm going to play a lot of Melee. <laughs> I'm still going to be playing Melee. I want to play Ultimate. So, okay. Um, I don't think I told anyone outside of my media friend group this, but so I've been ranked in San Diego and San Diego PRs for, for Smash across three different games. Um, Brawl, PM, and recently Melee. I think I, I, think I got away with Melee, but I'll, we won't tell them that. So um, those three games. I am tied with someone else by the name of Tear Bear um, for like the most pr rankings in san diego across any smash game so in order to overtake tear bear i want to pick up ultimate and be good enough to be ranked 10 in ultimate in san diego so that i can have four like rankings across the games and that'll be really funny at least for me um but yeah that's uh th those are my those are my goals more companion booklets maybe something interactive online that'd be kind of cool and then getting ranked in ultimate <laughs> who is your main in ultimate Oh, um, I think the fun thing to do here is probably ask you to guess. I haven't seen you play your Sheik, because otherwise I feel like I would have a better answer. But based on how you were describing it with Rohan, I'm going to say not a sortie, so probably... But the problem is that there's so many sorties that are good in that game, and you wouldn't play somebody like Pikachu. So Pokemon Trainer? Ooh, um, that's a good one. Actually, um, Min Min. Min, oh, Min, Min, Min Min. Okay, yeah, I like that. I love playing as yeah. Min Min when I have to play Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Min Min's dope. Huge Min Min fan. Um, you hear about this lag reducer? Do you hear about this lag reducer that came out recently for Ultimate? 
No, what is that? I'll share the Twitter post with you. Basically, it's a slider that allows you to reduce the input lag all the way to zero or to two, like it is for Melee and so on. Oh man, if that's actually, that's cool. I'm a fan of that. Um, I'm just worried that like it wouldn't be tournament legal. Like if I actually want to compete and get good enough to, to get ranked, like I, I, that's tempting. A small local have got to start using that though. Cause who can't, okay. Obviously you can't do it for Genesis, but in the same way that we could do all kinds of fun things with locals and melee, I want to see some of these ultimate locals start to use the slider. That's all I'm saying. But no, if, if, <laughs> if you're not allowed to use it at a local, then there's no point in you using it to practice because then you'll go to the local and you'll go, I just feel like I'm in mud right now. This is ridiculous. Um, what has been your favorite local experience? Have you gone to a local? I know you recently went to your first regional slash major. What was your, like, have you gone to any locals? Yeah, so in the fall of 20... The spring of 2021 was my first local at, at somebody's house. It was a fest, and it was really, really fun. We did have a Star GG bracket, though, so you can go and find that if you somehow are able to but anyway the the next local was at a card store that we had in the fall 2021 and then they kicked us out and that was not because we did anything wrong by the way but because they wanted to do more card related events and they said well Mm -hmm. friday night and saturday night or saturdays in general are kind of good days for us to do stuff so we don't want you to do stuff which is really frustrating but now we have a tournament local shouts out to sean shouts out to sorry his tag is whiplash whiplash has officially put smash and melee ultimate as well back into millersville university campus so they have a smash club he revived that he got melee and ultimate in and there's a stream and everything i just haven't been able to go for most of this fall because of all kinds of different reasons Seemingly, every single time I want to go, then I'm like, wait, hold on, I can't. But I've gone to a few of those. They're so fun. There's usually about 12 or 14 melee players that show up, so shouts out. And we're off for the holidays, but hopefully in the new year, in in January, well, ugh, I'm supposed to go to Genesis. And that also depends on what job I get or if I get a job before Genesis. It's not looking great so far, but I'm still mm. making applications. So, And I'm using people as references who say, oh, I can get you in. And I still haven't heard. I've only heard no so far, but I'm still applying. I'm still, still grinding. Okay. Yeah, like that, that's, that's, that's brutal. It's brutal to have like real life kind of just like, take away your attention from the things that, you know, that you're passionate about and stuff like that. And I think we talked a little bit about this, just like uh, the difficulties of just kind of like finding a job right now and how can that be a good toll. Um, uh, rejection's tough, man. I'm sorry. The, but I, I, I uh, you know, mainly it's stressful because I want to continue to provide for my family and I know I have to make something happen within a month. I mean, that's my timeline in my own, in my own brain. So the funny thing is, is that Jen applied for something last night and she heard from them this morning and I'm going, what, what about me? I've put in like 10 applications so far, I think anyway. So that's what I'm particularly frustrated at. I'm not frustrated at Jen. I'm just going, I must be doing something wrong, but I'm not sure what it is. And that's, that's the annoying thing. It's not necessarily people saying no, they don't tell me why. So I applied for a position that I don't have a lot of background in, but I said, Hey, look, I've, 
been promoted to supervisor at two different jobs. So I feel like I can show proficiency to master a system and then to be put in charge of it, including including managing the people or supervising people who report directly to me because I've done it at two different places. I feel like that's a pretty good grab for the average place looking to hire, but instead I get no and there's not a reason why and I go, Ugh. so that's what's frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your application process looks like or where you're applying to or anything like that. But I mean, I hope that you're not, I hope you're not beating yourself up too much when it comes to like what you're doing wrong, just because I feel like if someone has already demonstrated mastery enough to learn a system and be promoted to supervisor, I'm sure you're doing a lot of things right. It's mostly just kind of a, like a luck of the draw or just, you know, how things just happen to land in that moment. But I believe in you, Jesse. I know you'll, I know you'll kind of pull through. Thank you, Marco. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. There's a lot of people who have reached out through Smash and have said, you know, good luck. A uh, few people with leads. It's really, really helpful just to have that in, in, in my mind. And we'll just, yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep going. I am nervous about Genesis 9 about not being able to go, even though it's paid for. Like the, the part where it's paid for is because I use the Patreon exclusively for stuff related to Smash. I don't use it for paying bills or doing anything outside of Smash. So I put that into travel funds, basically, to be able to go out to San Jose. So even though that's paid for, it's a new job saying, well, I mean, we don't really want you to be off for nearly a whole week to start. So, and that's where I'm getting a little nervous, but I'm still planning on going as of now, because obviously I really want to see you again. I'm planning on volunteering as much as possible. So actually, is you, do you have, you have a form that I need to fill out in order to, to volunteer at the booth for the zine, right? No, I don't. Like, if you want to chill and come party, just chill and come party. Like, I the the, <laughs> the zine is so grassroots. Like, it's basically it's basically me just kind of like keeping everything in my head and then trying to remember. Did someone promise to submit content? Oh shoot, I need to follow up with this person and then just kind of like it's it's a it's a part of the reason why it's so frustrating and so draining is because it's a clusterfuck. Um, but the yes, if you just show up day of and you say like, hey Marco, how you doing? I'll just say, Jesse, sit down pull up a chair or whatever and we'll hang out like that's 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 what running the booth is <laughs> it's just hanging out with me and making sure that i don't get depressed like watching people walk by <laughs> that's why every time i walked by the booth at um at big house without being obnoxious about it i wanted to come up and be like oh, what's good how's it going how you doing even if i talked to you already like two times that day because i was walking by again i wanted to just yes because i i didn't get the sense per se but i was also like there's not enough people here. I'm just going to go up and say hi anyway, even though I've talked to Marco literally three times today. Oh, and that's, I mean, it's always great to talk to you. The, um, but as far as like content for our viewers, so we're not like, you know, just completely just talking about uh, like the, um, the booth. So the booth this year is going to be super duper fun. Um, and kind of already hinted at like volunteers and stuff. And part of the reason for that is because we're going to have, I want to, and I'm pushing for it. And I'm like sending emails to the Genesis folks that are handling booth and vendor stuff. I want to have activations at the booth. I want to blast music from like all sorts of different, like, you know, genres and years. And I want people to kind of come up and do interactive art or like share stuff, record stuff, or, or just do kind of fun things, make like, 
make the experience not just fun for me, but also for anyone that really wants to get the vibe for what major is in person, not just the booklet, but also like this kind of like this ethos of like, let's have as much fun as possible. Let's be here and let's kind of connect. So, and express ourselves. Yeah. That's really cool. I am hoping that I'll have a little bit of time available outside of playing in bracket and volunteering to come over and help with the, with the booth, just even if I'm just there. There's not that there's a lot of things to carry around per se once you're all set up. It's just like, what do I do? Jesse, just relax. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesse, just handle the just handle the Spotify. Just handle the aux cord. Like that's all you have to do. <laughs> that's dangerous. I'm not the right person. I have like a very yeah, we'll have to talk about music at some point. I literally Kevin is the most is the biggest influence for me learning new music and artists because otherwise I don't do you? Huh? Yeah, pew pew you. Because otherwise, I, I wouldn't have listened to like several albums this year if it weren't for his recommendations. Because I just get stuck on things that I like, and then I'm stuck. Yeah, no, Kevin's great for that, and I like that he's so vocal about like what he likes and and kind of just really really makes music a, a huge part of his brand. So um, shout out to Kevin as well. Mm -hmm. Big shouts out! Big shouts out! Did you want to get to anything else before we start to get in the direction of closing up, or are you about ready to get to that closing up spot? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to talk about. Like, I mean, honestly, it's it's up to you, Jesse. Like, is there is there something that you want to know about either the early days of melee, uh, the the brawl schism, as I like to call it, the, the talking about like the the dock era, those travels around those times? If you want to talk about anything about the zine. Uh, people can kind of contribute or or even Genesis 9 or anything. Like, what what would you like to talk about? And then maybe I can talk about, like, maybe I can do, like, a plug at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like hearing about, about the historical happenings. So if you've been in San Diego this whole time or for most of this time of your time in Smash? Yeah, so for almost my... Um, yeah, I grew up in San Diego. I live here. I have family here. Um, and for about maybe two years, four years, I was in LA. So from 2016 through 2020, I was in LA. Um, so yeah, like I've, I've been just heavily involved in uh, San Diego Smash for the okay, most part. Okay, so yes, and especially during the about uh, during early times. I mean, when you're starting to see YouTube becoming really, really popular, because. Er I mean, anybody who got on YouTube in the early, early days back in 2006, when it first dropped in 2007, I mean, those were really fun days. So if you got on there, you kind of got it, you understood it, and you just liked watching all kinds of different stuff that people would put out. Nobody was a content creator at the time or anything. But then for Smash, it was it was people like Prague, people more notably, I mean, most people know that Brandon Homemade Waffles was making stuff and putting out tournament matches and and footage recording stuff for us to be able to lo go look back and, and see and uh, obviously combo videos being a big thing different people like scar or lovage or dbr so i'm i'm asking you at the time when you're seeing all of this i mean did you say to yourself i want to do more of this or were you just saying I just really like showing up at in-person stuff. I don't really care to watch a combo video. I've seen one, so I've kind of seen all of them. Like, what was your perspective at that time? So when I was, I was consuming Melee content from 2004 through 20, like the early, like the only consuming from like 2004 to 2007. 
in those three years, like there was like an online like peer to peer sh like file sharing hub called DC plus plus, I believe. That's how we were kind of distributing a lot of the combo videos at that time. Like, hey, you know, this new video from like Germ or this new video from like Mike Nasty or like this new video from whoever, Silent Wolf. And we want to just share it and watch it. And that's that's what we had to do. Um, this is before YouTube. And once kind of YouTube came around and like the, the floodgates were open in, in a sense of like, this is the type of content that you can kind of create and it's easily distributable. You don't need like a lot of expertise when it comes to video production to be able to kind of get it out there. And I was like, this is dope. Um, the, yes, homemade waffles was a big one, but um, I think what few people kind of know about me at the very least is like, I was creating video content and streaming on, before a lot of other folks were, um, like in the early brawl days, so before Twitch was like ubiquitous, there was other streaming platforms. One of them was Ustream. Another one was Twitch used to be Justin TV. And I, I think I had accounts on both of those sites and we were streaming San Diego brawl matches and recording them there. And um, a lot of the content that I was kind of making, not just for video content, but similar to like stuff that I'm, I, so I've always been doing something similar to major. Like I, I used to have like WordPress blogs or I'd have like, you know, um, journals or other stuff where I would just ask people to kind of write something, I'd collect it, and then, holy shit, I just kind of realized that I've been doing major, but in just different forms for a very, very long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a, a moment. Um, yeah. So video content, yes. I, I, think, I think Homemade Waffles is downright inspirational, and I've watched those, I watched those early, like, um, watch those early videos, those early sets, like from the locals in the time a lot. I love the neighborhood P um, shroomed money match set. That's funny, especially because I was there in person and I was able to kind of relive it. I was there during like the wombo combo and I remember just like the energy in the room and I remember like going back and like reliving and like kind of just feeling that energy all over again when it happened in video. No way, and, like, you were there during wombo combo. That's so cool. This is something that yeah. Tilf should have said. And yeah, he likes to party. <laughs> he was there during Wombo Combo. That's cool. Yeah, I was there during Wombo Combo. They were during Mango Armada Finals at G1. I mean, a lot of the big things that like, a lot of really, really big moments, I, I felt like I could say like, oh yeah, I was there. Like you can look at the video of Mewtwo King versus Amsa um, from Kings of Cali 4, I believe. And like, I'm front row. And like, I'm there in my green shirt just watching Amsa just wail on this dude. And like, it's the so yeah i'm i'm a big content consumer big fan and yeah i've done a lot so <laughs> i think that's a that's a way to answer your question i don't know <laughs> no that's a great way to answer the question i'm now looking up mute to king versus also kings of cali because i need to find a green shirted a young a young marco oh but the audio is going to come on so i'm going to give that a second wait i can mute it pretty quickly Boom. Okay, muted. That's you? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm trying to see if I can find it too. You're also on your phone uh, to start, but that's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm always on my phone, unfortunately. But 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 towards the end, yes. Oh, I can see you're like you're oh you're shouting, you're yelling, you're like all the way in now. You're like, oh no, never mind, can't be on my phone. This is actually happening. Holy crap, this is happening. Amsa's actually actually might beat Mewtwo King. This is crazy. 
You're having such a good time now in the middle of the set. So you know how it is when you start off. You know how it is when you start off a, a, a melee set where it might be Mango versus Amsa at Big House, and everybody's going, "Oh, this is a big deal because Amsa's on a run." But at the very, very start of the set, you're like, "What's going to be the vibe?" And if somebody gets mm. a really nice opening combo, and then the other person gets a nice opening combo back, then you go. Now this is going to be a set. Or if somebody's flubbing a bunch, you're going, uh, this feels like a 3-0. <laughs> I don't know how this is going at first. And when you have floatier characters on the screen, it takes a little bit while, or takes a little bit longer for the mood to set in. But I'm not faulting you at all for being on your phone at first. But then you, you redeem yourself quite handily. You're the person who's doing this. You're, no one else is doing that. <laughs> And you're right behind <laughs> Mewtwo King, one of the very people who may or may not have been very distracting to Mewtwo King for that set. <laughs> oh, like I'm I'm no Mike Hayes, but like I, I definitely had a reputation for raising my voice and for like really just being emphatic and like in the like just yelling at people. So yeah. Well, but what is it like when they talk to you about it afterwards? Because that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared of freaking out too hard behind somebody at Big House. Like I'm trying to make walt feel supported i'm like let's go walt but i'm doing it at that level i'm nervous to just start freaking out when nobody else is really doing it next to us for a it was still a pools match so it's not like this was a match for top 64 or anything that walt was playing in yeah so um i, I the salty splatoon which is like a local that happens here near san diego or in san diego um it's a quiet, I mean, for if I'm not there yelling at the top of my lungs, it's a quiet, like, house tournament. So I make sure, I make it a point to, like, just, if, even if I'm playing, like, a round one match, I'm going to just yell random just obscenities or just kind of bullshit. Or, like, if someone across, because it's a house tournament and it's, like, a really enclosed area, I'll hear someone have a conversation about, like, what they had for lunch. And I'll be playing my match and I'll be saying, like, yeah, but did you order the fries? Like, I'll be talking to them while playing my match. And it's because, like... I don't think so i don't think anyone would be upset with you for living and expressing yourself and being loud if you are like in the moment just kind of like yelling like yeah like you're excited for you know something you have to kind of let it out like that's just cool. that's just human nature <laughs> like like animals like they once they've had like a, a crazy stressful moment they have to shake it out or they have to kind of like let release that, that pent-up energy like if someone were to yell eat my ass after a year of just losing to me yeah, hell yeah, do that. Like, <laughs> or like, you know, let's go Walt. Like, people need to kind of like release that stuff and express themselves. So the um, I am a big proponent of yelling as loud as I can, making people feel comfortable and at least feel like they are allowed to be. It's a video game. Like, be allowed to yell and really just kind of point out like how obscene, not obscene, but how silly and goofy this moment is. And that way, it'll probably relieve a lot of stress. Like. I'll even have a conversation with the people I'm playing this against that I feel like they get better when they're not worried about losing to me. Like, I'll talk them down and I'll say, hey, do you want to take a break between matches? Do you want to do something here? Just to kind of like, and sure enough, they'll do better and they might even beat me. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, that's who you were, like, deep down inside. And you were just were preventing yourself from being that person. So um, don't, don't, don't be afraid. Just yell. Just yell. And if they, if they, if they come to you after the match, be like, I'm living like <laughs> just just be yourself like you don't apologize for yelling at like at a at a sporting event do you like if you're at an Eagles game do you apologize to the perfect like to the like the the rival team homie right here that's probably like cheering for their team nope no you don't you enjoy the hell out of that moment I'm sure 
Oh, absolutely. I I mean, I'm not obviously going to be yelling obscenities all the time at uh, opposing fans, but there's just like a very one of my favorite memories at all time of of all time at an Eagles game is watching an opposing team's fan being harassed by the rest of the Eagles fans around me. I wasn't throwing snowballs at this Lions fan at the snowball game, but there's other people throwing snowballs at him and I'm going like, "Yes, yes." And then somebody How goes up and game? punches him and I go, "Yes." Yes. And then the police come and they drag the Lions fan out of the row and I go, "Yes." <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is how Eagles are sports is meant to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm at the Titans game that I went to a couple of weeks ago, the Eagles were playing against the Titans. I wanted to yell at somebody for wearing a jersey number I never heard of before and I said, "Must be a wide receiver since I don't know who that is." And but I didn't, but I had it loaded. I just, I couldn't quite do it. Instead, I ended up yelling at the Eagles offensive line for jumping false start a bunch of times. And I was like, you're at home. What are you jumping off sides for? Like that kind of thing. So it's fun. At a, but, but everybody else is yelling at an Eagles game. So at a top 64 or, or pools at Big House, everybody's just like, okay, That's let's go. Quite, mm. Okay, let's go. I mean, you were there. You you saw people how people were being watching their homies play, play serious sweaty sets. People, people did, did take Big House pretty seriously. It felt like. I think it was like during round. I had made it into like round two of pools for Genesis this year, or yeah, this year because Genesis eight was this year, and I remember. Um, so I was sitting down and I was playing this Falco. I forgot their tag. And behind him was his homie, my friend, Jace, who's like a really kind of prom- was a prominent, I don't know if he's active enough anymore, Jace, like a Captain Falcon from SoCal. And I remember Jace like being quiet like this, but like whenever the guy would just get a combo on me and kill me, and he'd be like, let's go. Like he, I could hear him. I could still, I, I pay attention to everything around me when I'm playing. And then like at a certain point, I was just like, Jace, I would love for you to cheer on your friend. I didn't tell him this. This is what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> once that guy got a sick combo on me, I was cheering for the guy. I was like, yeah, man, fuck me up, dude. I'm like, I'm shit. Like, you're just, yeah, dude, mess me up. And then, I, and then whenever I would kind of, like, retaliate with my own combo, I had to be my own, like, Eagles fan. So, like, I had just started yelling for myself. And it, it really really lessened the tension, not just for me, um, but for everyone around to get really invested in the match, too. Like, this is okay, people being serious and, and watching because there's a lot of respect happening. There's also like there's like there, there's a case to be made just for just being your own Eagles fan and for for yelling and trying to have fun at the same time, even if you are trying to get sweaty with playing melee. Oh yeah, if you're not getting sweaty, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I was getting sweaty versus somebody who was. I mean, they told me as we were sitting down to play in losers, like you know, I'm not very good, and I said, hey, I'm not very good too. This is going to be awesome, and they were being truthful. I was being. Just only a little bit less truthful. They're playing as Luigi. They can't really wave dash that well, so that 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 tells you oh. the the skill level that they must have just picked it up recently. And I was like, it's so cool that you're here. This is awesome. Uh, that kind of thing before we started playing. And then during the set, though, I'm not really saying anything because I'm like, I want to win. I want to win. Like I feel bad about you know playing against somebody who's really you really new. You absolutely should. Yeah, feel but, horrible. Yeah. But I but I want to win, so I kind of want to concentrate on that. But afterwards, I was like, you know, that was really fun. You know, you're you're on your way. This is going to be, this is going to be hopefully something that you look back on and and have 
like good memories about it, but it was it was a pleasure to play against you and that kind of that kind of thing. And then when that happened to me, the very next match, because I got owned by a Falco, it's is of course I'm not very good against Falco and the the person's like, you know, you're on your way. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yes. <laughs> you're on your way, Sonny. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I it got turned right back around on me. And I'm like, no, no, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is a good thing for me to hear right now. What I was not as excited by was the homies of this Falco playing player. The Falco player homies said to me afterwards, oh yeah, good games, good games. And I'm like, no, they weren't. Don't tell me that. Only he gets to tell me that. Uh, But I, you know, I didn't get actual upset. It's all good. I can't wait to play at Genesis 9. I'm thinking I'm going to be slightly better because of Ranked, but we shall see. I'm having fun with Ranked. Have you tried it at all yet? Yeah, I tried it for the first time last night, and I... I started noticing that I was getting like upset at certain moments and I was like, okay, cool. Like how, how can I lean into this, this, this anger and this rage? And I played someone that I had recently beat and, um, one that allowed me to get ranked 10 in San Diego. And I, I was like hoping I would beat them again so I can should talk to them on Discord. But like they ended up pulling the set win. And I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you also on your major zine Twitter, I saw this Twitter post. So let me just say now, I remember you talking about this, about playing ranked, but I, I'm not going to seal your words out of your mouth. I just wanted to know. Do it, yeah. I, well, you said, oh, yeah, this only really is so much fun until I just want to see the person I'm playing against. And no wonder, because you like talking to them. Where's the chat for playing ranked matches, right? <laughs> like real chat, voice chat. Oh, this is so cool to be playing on Slippy Ranked, you know? Wow, nice back air. And they're going, I'm trying to win. And you're going, yes, I know you are. Good for you. I'm trying to win too. What a coincidence. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good exchange. The, um, yeah, like why... I mean, I'm not gonna complain. Fizzy has his Fizzy has his hands full, like doing Fizzy things. Like I'm, I'm happy with whatever. And you can also communicate in so many like different subtle ways. Like two crouches in the middle after taking a stock. That says all you need to say about what you think about the other person. Like that's, <laughs> like, or yeah. There's there's we were cavemen before there was language, and we were able to communicate. We can communicate through rank. Like I'm sure they will find a way. Yes, I'm now thinking of a caveman crouching twice after pushing another caveman out of the cave and just crouching twice. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> or like, or like practicing tech skill, which is just them, like them trying to make fire. Like after they've just pushed the caveman out of the cave, they just make fire really quickly. Do that, then like stuff it, and then just like what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, you know, obviously, even from that time, you know, when you're whittling a stick with something sharp, like, we've always wanted to get better. I love how Melee players, uh, out of the majority of games, there are games where you have to do tech skill, you have to get better before you can continue to be able to beat the people that are also playing against you on the same screen. But something that's also really challenging for a new person is knowing my tech skill will literally take as long as a year to develop where I might be able to play against somebody who also knows how to L cancel and do the basic things and then do more advanced things like slide offs and SDI. So how far do you have to go before you feel like you can play against somebody? And my answer to you for right now is I get to play against people of my skill level on ranked right now. I match up with them because we're all in the same category, right? 
I did not like playing unranked because I always felt that I would come across somebody who ran me over so hard that I I couldn't even really concentrate on doing anything. I just kept doing everything wrong. Maybe win neutral one time and go, yeah, and then get comboed zero to death. So being able to play against somebody, uh, Falco, who does not move as fast as the... Shouts out to Mary. Mary is a player in 717. He's so fast. And when I play against some of the Falcos yesterday on Slippy Ranked, and I'm going, okay, they're not quite as fast, which just, it just gives me the little bit of time that I need to process what's happening and be able to try to do my own thing, which again is not super great, but neither of us are. We are able to do our own version of the meta and playing against each other will make us better because we're learning things as we're, as we're going. It doesn't feel like studying for an SAT 30 minutes before it really feels like you're given a longer ramp up process it's the process that people have always asked for can i play against somebody my skill level and even if you didn't have uh even mm. if you didn't have good enough internet to like do things like um like tired of owen 2 and stuff i don't know what to tell you but if you haven't tried things like tired of owen 2 or only noobs or all these other silver slippy league i think is another one of them and uh oh the there's like a there's a scrub summit that also gets run on the weekends, I believe. Those are all really great beginner tournaments, but Slippy Ranked gets you immediately matched up with people along your skill level, and that is so cool to me. Yeah, that is quite possibly the the best um, framing, or I guess like the best kind of highlighter focus on like Slippy Ranked that I've heard. Like I think a lot of people kind of joke about like how miserable they'll be in Slippy Ranked because they're losing or like they're really invested in the matches and all sorts of other stuff like that. And that's like, I think it's a mentality thing that people need to kind of like come to terms with on their own. Like that's that's your own personal battle that you kind of have to fight and, and overcome and maybe just kind of be at peace with. But you kind of acknowledging that you want to play with someone at your level. And there's like a really strong like looking for like an alien love call type of thing going on there where you're just like just throwing something out into the universe and hoping someone answers back with like like steady or something yeah that makes perfect sense to me and i think that's like a really beautiful framing of just slippy rank in general there's like a really human connection thing going on so yeah i like that it is there is the way to find a little bit of that human element like you were saying maybe not because you're sitting right next to them but i'm glad that you're going to continue to be able to do creative projects afterwards that are not specifically major zine because i think of you as the kind of person who has at least a little bit of a desire to create at all times and so to completely uh you i don't think you were the person that would shut yourself off but i've known a couple of people who had artistic joy in expressing themselves through different things and then shutting it off and it just it's really sad because it does affect them as a person so i'm glad to hear that you're going to continue to do creative stuff afterwards it's just going to look different it won't be zine as we as the major zine as we know it now it'll be something different it'll be focused on other things and doing different stuff you get it and then you will also still be going to san diego locals and hopefully We'll be uh, also be able to see each other at Genesis 9, and I will also be hopefully be able to help out with the booth. But you're in charge of the booth. You're also part of the, the, the I don't want to call it a flyer, a booklet, the thing that you're going to be giving to people to say, this is what you shall now do. Also, you should check out this vendor station. Say this code word. It's like a secret 
like a secret order off of a menu or something and the path will be open to you and go bravely soldier i don't know how to phrase it but whatever you end up doing is going to be super cool so please talk a little bit about what you can about genesis 9 and what major zine is doing there and then we'll we'll wrap up okay cool so genesis 9 major zine yeah um the super long plug we'll start with it's going to be our last issue we're doing issue 15 it's our fifth anniversary issue we started with genesis and we're going to end with genesis um we have tons of people already kind of committed to contributing content to it um the list is like the biggest list of names that i've seen ever contribute to major zine and we're going to easily break our record of most pages per zine um a lot of people that you might know of i don't know if i'm ready to share those names quite yet no worries but, um uh, yeah, so it'll be great. Um, the the booth itself, again, like I said before, we want to have activations. So please, if you're at Genesis 9, stop by the booth, hang out with us, say hi, um, donate to whatever charity we end up kind of moving forward with. Um, that'd be great. And then also participate in whatever kind of fun activities we'll have throughout the entire weekend. Um, Major, as an, as an entity, is also helping out with a companion booklet. So if you're familiar with Combo Breaker and other kind of like FTC events, um, the, they offer kind of like, you know, a booklet of like the type, the type of stuff that you would expect to see while at those events. We wanted to bring that to Genesis and Smash. So um, with our expertise of publishing booklets, <laughs> we, we said, you know what, let's actually make a companion booklet and let's see what we can do. So we have a couple of writers um, from Rivals. Um, I'm gonna be contributing content for Melee and Ultimate. and We'll also be doing um, maps, brackets, signature pages, um, like schedule of events, links, and all sorts of other cool things just to make the in-person experience better and to give you like a little memento of your time at Genesis. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, stay tuned to our major Twitter. I'll be posting most of our updates there. And if you're not familiar with Major and you want to know what it is, you can find it at issue.com. So that's I-S-S-U-U.com forward slash Major Zine. And that has all 14 of our issues available for free. And if you visit our link tree, we have a Google Drive. So if you want to kind of remix any of our issues, all of our assets are there so that you can either print your own issue at home if you want to, or you can download any of the images that we've included and mess around with them, including like the Photoshop files and all that other stuff too. So it's, it's about giving back. That's so cool. I did not, oh, you know what? I think I might've seen that a while ago and I was like, what do you mean public assets and work files? What does that mean? But I didn't click on it, but thank you for explaining it because that's really cool. That means basically that someday, maybe a long ways away from now, it's like, Marco, the super awesome person, like one more ride. We're going to actually combine everything together. Now, who wants to do the artwork of the major zine book? I don't know. It, whatever it ends up being. I, I know that you, you're you saying that it's going to be done after this, and I believe you. I'm not disbelieving you. I'm also saying that if you stick around, maybe in five years, there will be some kind of call to action and Ludwig won't be stepping up. Maybe it will be you doing something with Major Zine for one more ride. Look, if they can make Willow after, I want to say, 30-ish years of nothing being done related to Willow, you never know. You need. <laughs> 
I didn't expect to talk about Willow with you. Look, the, Willow um, is a great movie. I've watched the show. I've watched the first couple episodes. I, 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 um, 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 I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, but I'm overall, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I obviously, I love the movie so much. It is hard for me to like. I just. I'm going to go back to the show. I'm going to go back to it and give it a better shot than I was not in the right frame of mind. I was in high expectations mode and that's really tough. It's really tough. <laughs> Willow. Yeah. Um, I do think that I want to collect all 15 issues and like some kind of companion book, not companion. I'm stuck saying that dog needs attention. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think you're like reading my notes or something or like digging into my mind. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much someday, it. someday for now, Genesis nine, all of you who are going, please continue to follow along with Majorzine at Majorzine on Twitter. And I'll have the link tree in the description of this here pod. So please check that out. You get links to everything like Marco was saying. I almost said Oats. Like Marco was saying, I am very happy that you all stayed around this long to tune in. We'll see you next time. Marco, say goodbye to the people, but don't disappear because I need you for a thumbnail. But uh, by all means, please say goodbye to the people before the outro plays. Bye, people. See you next time.